You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everyone, uh, what a, you know, we thought last night was pitiful and then uh, tonight, yeah, I'm just going to do the dead air, sometimes I cut those out, but the dead air is the uh, a fitting way to describe this Indians team right now. We talked about how this is not the most important series, that the Indians are pretty much locked into a playoff spot and that the postseason being as large as it is, it's like, what's the, ma- what, does home field matter? Does anything matter too much? And... It still doesn't make a series like this any better, and it doesn't make it make any more sense. Um, so there's so many places we can go. I know this is going to be a Twins-heavy podcast. I had saved all my twin stuff, but uh, after the performance tonight, we have to talk about the Indians lineup. We have to talk about the prospects who should be, you know, uh, close to you know consideration or something to help a team that just can't seem to to uh, find anything offensively. We need to uh, to talk about the bullpen. We need to talk about roster moves. So let's start there. The Indians added Kyle Nelson to their 40-man. Uh, not a surprise. You know, Nelson and Sandlin were the next two relievers up. A little bit surprised they went with Nelson over Cam Hill just because uh, Hill is already on the 40-man. Uh, rough outing for Nelson tonight. Uh, definitely not the best debut. But we'll see. Uh, I, I believe in him. He's another University of Santa Barbara guy. He went to school there with uh, Shane Bieber. They overlapped. Nelson is the top left-handed reliever in the Indian system. And last year, I made the case that he was the second best reliever in system outside of Karen Chalk. And we'll see if they can... Uh, oh, Cesar Hernandez. That's going to be a single at least. We'll see what he does. Hopefully he gets a few opportunities and this isn't just an up and then down Simber to the alternate site. You know, the the situation with that trade, it's so hard to judge it. I mean, the Indians clearly won right now because Brad Hand uh, has been effective for them. He has been extremely effective this year in particular. And they went out and got him and Simber to be kind of two huge parts of their pen. And they bought high on Simber. And we talked about this in an earlier podcast because he was doing things he had never done before in even the minors. And that makes me nervous. That is still why I'm the guy who's like, I don't know about Aaron Savali. Like, I still don't 100% trust it because he's doing things he didn't do in the minors. Uh, you know, Shane Bieber has improved upon what he has done in the minors, but he was this pitcher. He just continues to add pitches and get better. We have not seen that as much with some of these other players. And with Simber, it just hasn't worked. And he started out really good last year, actually, and then just completely tailspinned out. And this year, I still hold out hope there's some semblance of trade value with him as a minor piece to some team. Uh, of course, Mike Freeman gets a hit here just to spite me, because uh, I was going to talk badly about his performance in this one. But it just it hasn't worked for Simber. Hand has worked, and Mejia has not worked for San Diego at all. I mean, you look at what San Diego did. They went out and added two catchers at the deadline because Mejia has not stepped into that role that people thought he would step into. And I was always a bit confused by the high love level. I get it. He would be, he was a high batting average guy in the minors, but that's all he was. He was an empty batting average. And, uh, you know, there's some people telling me you can't trade him. He's going to win a batting title. 
if you are an empty batting average guy that does not translate, wasn't enough power, wasn't enough walks with him. Uh, we can not even looking at the defensive issues. It was a profile that uh, was inflated at the time. I think we all started to realize that, and that's why I think the Indians were content to move on from Mejia. And right now, even though half of their return does not look great, uh, San Diego has almost nothing to show for trading away Brad Hand, who's a player they would likely uh, love to have right now. And you go and you look at the moves they made at the deadline to add relievers, they could use Brad Hand. Uh, they would gladly undo that trade now. Like, if they could trade Mejia for hand, they would have done that at the deadline. No doubt about it. Uh, Frankie getting under it. That's going to be, what, first out here? So, let's talk about the... We talked about Nelson getting called up, and, you know, we kind of went about talking about the pitchers. Let's let's continue. Dominic uh, Leone, speaking of players whose time needs to come to an end. Uh, He is a guy who's had his struggles. He had one great year in um, Toronto, and they went out and made a very wise trade to trade him. And since then, it's just, it has not worked with him. And he has not been good this year. Only eight innings, sorry about that, over uh, 11 appearances. I'm sorry, it's, uh, I don't know how many innings he pitched tonight. I know it wasn't a, a you know, a full inning. So a little over nine innings and 12 appearances. And you just go through the home run rate. The last two years has been 199 last year, 208 this year. He just can't keep the ball in the park. And you go back to 2016 with the Diamondbacks, couldn't keep the ball in the park. The Blue Jays in 2017, a 0.77 home run per nine. Uh, The Cardinals in 2018, a 1.13. The other years we talked about in that core, all around two. And that's, that's a big part of his issue. He's even, you know, it's against smallest of sample sizes, but uh, he's missing bats at his best rate ever this year for the Indians. But he walks guys and he gives up home runs, and he can't do both. Now, he also has uh, a bat pip that is unfairly uh, high, so there is a chance that he could be better than what we're seeing. His FIP, and this is, okay, so there's FIP, Fielding Independent Pitching, which is a great indicator of future success. It basically says, you know, just looking at the pitcher, uh, what is the likelihood that they are going to perform well? And then there's XFIP, which I don't like, because XFIP normalizes home run rate, and I don't, because the thought process is home run rate is kind of universal. It's not. There are players who are much more home run prone than others. We have seen this, and that's why you look at, you know, Leone's XFIP heading into this game. He's a 268. His FIP is a 410. Like, that's a significant one, and that's because his home run rate is such a uh, negative value for him. And what is he bringing? They don't trust him enough to use him. So why do you have him there? Like, bring back Cam Hill. See what Nick Sandlin can do uh, to make room for Kyle Nelson on top of Simber going out. Uh, Jeffrey Rodriguez was put on the uh, 45 or the 40-day uh, DL. That opened a spot. But if you want to call up Sandlin, boom, there's your other 40-man spot you need for that. Oof. Fran Mill was uh, trying to get a two-run shot right there. So, yeah, that's the, the pitching performance. Uh, Savali's performance, not his best. That's kind of two back-to-back outings for him where uh, I was hoping to see a little bit more of continuing to push where he was looking like one of the top 20 or so starters in baseball. 
Um, I just want to pull up his game log. Four earned runs over six innings. The ERA is starting to climb back up. And when you just look at the recent game log, uh, against Milwaukee, I'm sorry, I was wrong there. It was Milwaukee who was solid. It was the Cardinals wasn't the strongest one. Before that, the Twins' performance was solid. Uh, he led a lot of base runners on. Great against Pittsburgh. Struggled against Detroit. Great against the White Sox. Great against the White Sox in the previous one before that. And a good but not great against Minnesota. So we'll see. I feel like he's someone who probably regresses a bit towards the mean. I think he probably has overperformed this year. I mean, we're talking about, what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight starts. I'm sure everyone loved nine starts in this one, me counting on the podcast. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Like I said, I don't think he is, I think he's going to be a solid mid-rotation starter. Let's just leave it there. He's performed so far this year, and even a bit of last year, as maybe a possible, like, number two, like a guy who's in that, like, 10 to 25 range amongst all the pitchers in baseball. I don't know if he is that guy long-term. I still have my doubts, and we'll see. I could be wrong. I've been wrong about so many things this year, uh, but we'll see. Whew, that was... Fran Mill was playing miniature golf there uh, to end this one, but we'll see with Savali. Second half of the show, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Brady Singer, just because I have to talk about what he has done this year, uh, it, you know, outside of facing the Cleveland Indians. And uh, we'll spend some time talking about the Twin Series, and if we have time. And before that, I want to talk about some lineup stuff. So, uh, Singer, lineups, and then Twins, if we have time. I, I figure at this point, most of you know the Twins. You probably don't need another breakdown of the Minnesota Twins. We are sponsored today by the people who sponsored my breakfast and my lunch, honestly, most of the week. And that is Built Bar. That is right. Built Bar is my personal go-to every day for breakfast. It is I eat two bars on the car ride to work uh, occasionally because uh, I, I only have about 20 minutes to eat my lunch because of the craziness of uh, the school schedule. Uh, it's a nice, easy, quick filling thing I can do during that time while still uh, vegging out on my phone and taking some moments for me. Built Bar is a delicious product. Flavors all across the board to match your taste. And remember that when you go to Built Bar right now, we're going to get you $10 off your order. You're going to go to BuiltBar.com, their brand new relaunch with those six fantastic new flavors. I'm still hoping to get a sample box so I can tell you all about them. But you go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word, you get $10 off your order. And you can keep using that promo code, promo code as many times as you want. LOCKEDON at BuiltBar.com. Again, it's a product I use daily. So let's talk about the Indians lineup. Uh, it has been offensive uh, how little offense it has produced. Yeah, I was going for the bad pun. So the Indians now have three hitters with a... I gotta turn the volume off on my phone. Normally it's off, people, but uh, I had my fantasy football draft tonight, so I had to have the alerts on, so I apologize. Uh, the the Indians' offense has been bad. Uh, they have three players of the WRC Plus heading into tonight's game over 100. They have two others in the 90s and a third almost there. So you're looking at essentially six guys uh, that should be your top six spots in your batting order. Branmil Reyes, by a large margin, is the Indians' best hitter. They still have him hitting fifth. That is not ideal. You have Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. At this point in time, if I am the Indians, and here's one of the other problems. When you have Sandy Alomar as your manager, I don't know if it's 
what the disconnect is, but he's not changing things. He's not shaking it up. He's not doing anything. This team has been really ineffective, and nothing is done to fix it. Nothing is done with this lineup. You have to adjust. You have to make adjustments. There's been zero adjustments. Bring up some young kids and give them a shot. I would like to see Daniel Johnson out there. You know, go see what you have. I talked about that earlier this week on the podcast. Like, if you are going to coast, then give those at-bats to young guys. I understand keeping him down to a degree if you're because of things like Super 2 and the like. At the same time, he's already an older minor leaguer. You know, what years are you really getting back? Like his age 32 year, his age 31 year? Let the young kids play. At least it's a more interesting player. You can see if there's a little bit more there. DeShields is overperformed. He has been a pleasant surprise this year offensively. But uh, let's see what some of these young kids can do. Maybe someone can do something to help a team that's been punchless. What would I do with this Indians lineup? Well, leading off for me, I'm probably putting... Do I really put Lindor back in that spot? I mean, that's that's a hard one for me to look at. Part of me wants to, to go ahead and say Jose Ramirez there, but you want your best hitter in the two spot, and that's probably Ramirez. So I'm thinking I'd probably go Lindor 1, Ramirez 2, Franmil 3. That's right, Franmil 3. Santana 4. Cesar Hernandez 5. Tyler Naquin 6 slash Luplo. So then that leaves your 7, 8, 9, right? So we got a catcher, a center fielder, and uh, what, a right fielder more than likely left, or a left fielder. So seven, um, I'm going to put uh, Naylor. He just has not had enough at-bats to really take much from his data, so I would gladly put him there. Roberto Perez, man, not been the same guy this year. Center field. But I still probably put him eight because, you you know, data shows that get, putting some speed in nine makes the most sense. And right now I'd put DeShields, uh, I'd leave him in that nine spot. And that is how I would construct the Indians lineup. I would still, you know, rather see Daniel Johnson up here. I'd rather see some of those young players. It's just gotten to the point in time where, as an Indians fan, uh, I am fine with seeing Nolan Jones. Let's let's go ahead and see what he can bring to this team. They, you know, they, they brought up Nelson. We could see Sandlin still. We'll likely see Cam Hill before Sandlin. But you just you go through the rest of this team. Who's on the horizon? Who could help sooner rather than later? Uh, could it be Owen Miller, who they got in their recent trade with the Padres? Now, I don't believe he needs to be added to the 40-man, which is one of the reasons why uh, he isn't necessarily someone they are rushing to call up. It's the same reason they aren't with, with Nolan Jones. But let's just talk about who needs to be added to the 40-man this offseason. So I'm looking at an article Fangraphs did before the deadline, which gave a lot of great information. The Indians' 40-man count at the time was 41 now, you know, they made their trade and they're maneuvering. And they sent two out and took three in, but they also had to... Um, Domingo Santana got taken off the roster. So they're still at 41 until the move today where they added Kyle Nelson. Now, Kyle Nelson was a player who had to be added this offseason. Uh, he was part of the prospects on the fringe for the uh, the Cleveland Indians. By Fangraph's ranking, I knew Nelson would be added. They were very high on him. There are other fringe guys. Ernie Clement, I don't think he gets added. Will Benson, I don't think so. Luis Oviedo, I don't think so. Juan Mota, I don't think so. Carlos Vargas, maybe. There's some stuff there, and the Indians have a history with guys like him. The question is, can you keep him and Juan Carlos Mejia, who is that you know similar guy from a few years ago? I don't know. 
Now the guys they have to add, Nolan Jones and Eli Morgan. Uh, so you have those two players that need to be added at some point after the season is done, and they need to take one player off roster to make everything work. Uh, so basically it comes down to Cesar Hernandez is gone, so that equals things out. Sande Leone, gone. So then that means that's Nolan Jones. Uh, so you know, and Gabriel Arias, who they was the big player in the Padres deal they have to add. So you're looking at Arias and Morgan as the for sure adds. And that's probably where, you know, Oliver Perez's spot and Carlos Santana's spot, because the Indians aren't going to pick up Santana's option at this point in time. $17.5 million, that's not happening. Maybe he gets brought back on a lesser uh, amount, but that option is being declined for sure. So that kind of gets the Indians to where they are. But it also points out, you're going to have to add Nolan Jones to the 40-man. So let's call him up. Let's see what he can do. Let's see if he can help this team. I kind of expected we would have seen Kaye Tom at some point just because of uh, everything you put together last year and because they would be trying. And because the nice thing is if you add a Kaye Tom, you can give him an opportunity. And if it doesn't work out, you don't feel bad about taking him off at the end of the season. You gave him that chance. He's not a priority prospect. Uh, Maybe you strike gold. Maybe you find someone like, you know, Robbie Grossman, who I talked about a few podcasts ago, who has constantly overachieved and been a really solid producer for his major league career for multiple teams. Maybe you find that. If you don't find that, well, if you let him go, you're not really hurt uh, by that loss. They haven't done that. Uh, they've kind of gone with other routes to getting there. And again, it just you look at this team, the guys that were kind of fringy that they had to add, it was Kyle Nelson stood out from that group to me, and he's up here now. Uh, you know, other players who could easily be taken off the 40-man, I didn't even talk about uh, they probably keep Delano, Delano to Shields, let's be honest. But uh, Dominic Leone, Bo Taylor, yeah, those two guys are 100% gone as well. So that clears two more spots. I need to go and find a complete look about who could uh, step in. And that's the thing, though. If you clear those two spots, it's like, do you consider Owen Miller? Like, to me, Owen Miller is a better version of Ernie Clement. And the reason maybe you don't uh, call up Owen Miller is because he doesn't need to be added until after the 2021 season. He doesn't need to be at it for a while because he's a 2018 draft pick who's moved incredibly quickly through the minors. But I think you're going to call him up at some point in 2021. It's not like you're going to wait till that season's over anyways to add him. So why not do it if you feel like he's ready? Um, They're going to have enough players to make this work. I don't think they're in a super big crunch. You know, just looking at the fringe, okay, like I said, they like to shield, he probably stays. Leone Taylor, gone. Santana, gone. Uh, Le- Sande Leone, gone. So that's four spots easy. Cesar Hernandez, gone. That's five spots. Very easy to figure out. Even if they brought back the Ageless Wonder, Oliver Perez, uh, with those five players off the roster, uh, you uh, adding in Nelson, who they already added, takes you down to four. They were one over to begin with, so it takes you down to three, and then your three spots go to Jones, Morgan, and Gabriel Arias, and that is without doing any like big shaking or changes um, before that. So they can they can take a gamble, and they need to take a gamble because the lineup is not good. The lineup has been very bad, and it has been even worse of late. And yeah, Yu Chen Chang. He had that fantastic uh, spring training, summer training, whatever you're going to call it. And you're probably thinking, well, he was up here for a bit. 
He only had 11 plate appearances. We have no idea what he could have done. In 11 plate appearances, he walked nearly 20% of the time. Yeah, he struck out a lot. But that's his game. He's going to be a high strikeout, high power, high walk guy. He showed the Indians some things. Let's get him a few more opportunities. Bradley Zimmer has looked better than you know some of the other players who've gotten more looks, more opportunities, more chances. Uh, who else is there to kind of point out? It's The young guys, just when they were up here, did not get those extended looks. Uh, Daniel Johnson, 13 plate appearances in his time with the team. It's, it's just not been ideal. How can you really gain much from... 13 or 11. How do we know what these players can do? Uh, I'd much rather see that than someone like Domingo Santana, who was awful. Really, outside of the first two weeks, never brought much to the team. But his 84 plate appearances, that's, uh, you know, he's not in the, the top five guys, who are pretty much the ones who've been at the top of the lineup and solid. But He's seventh most played appearances on the team, Domingo Santana. Sixth is Naquin, and it feels like he missed almost a month with injury. And it's just throwing stuff at a wall. Mercado at 62. Zimmer, 50. Freeman, 29 heading into the game. Greg Allen, 28. Like That was one that got me because, I mean, I was a huge Greg Allen fan in the minors. I thought he was going to be an above average to plus defender in center field. He never took a bad angle. He never had a bad read. And I thought he'd be kind of an average bat with doubles, but it just didn't come together for him. And I'd rather take those at-bats and give it to someone like Zimmer with a bit of a higher ceiling, or Daniel Johnson, who, again, higher ceiling, than just run out some of the other players that they've run out this year. The Indians need to do something. I mean, the long and short of it, you need to figure out what you're going to do and uh, shake things up. If it's changing the order of the lineup, if it's calling somebody up and uh, getting you know a young player to see if they can uh, get a few hacks in there, if you're not comfortable with Jose Ramirez playing, uh, put him on the disabled list. Let him rest up and get healthy. Uh, we talked about that they're kind of already locked up this playoff spot, so rather than, again, Freeman has actually had a pretty decent two days, but I'd rather still see Chang out there. I'd rather see Nolan Jones. Go do something. Let's see what they have in some of these younger players. We're quickly moving towards the end of this baseball season, and you know I'd have to sit there and look at what is the service time. At what point do they get beyond worrying about uh, you know the the super two status? And I mean, other teams have taken that risk. We've seen a lot of big name prospects get the call up this year, and teams have been willing to gamble with that. The Indians have not, and especially with a Nolan Jones, it's annoying because he is. He, they're going to have to add him to the 40-man after the season. He's going to need to be added. Uh, he would have, in a normal season, I feel like he would have already been up in Cleveland. If they had had a normal, typical season, he would have started the year in A. he would have performed well, he would have gotten up to A, and then he would have gotten the call up from there. And even if there is some degree with some of the other players of worry about this idea of like Owen Miller with what's going to happen... The Indians' 40-man situation. Can I also read some of the guys who are currently still on the 40-man you've probably forgotten about? already talked about Juan Carlos Mejia. How about uh, Sam Hentges? Uh, we really hardly have talked about him at all with you know Logan Allen and others getting opportunities. As we go to the infield position, Bobby Bradley. His name hasn't come up at all. Jake Bowers. Is he going to even be with this team at the end of the season? He hasn't come up. He hasn't been mentioned. I mean, frankly, he's on the 40-man. 
I'd rather see Bowers come up here and perform. Let's see what he can do. Give him an opportunity. Uh, you believed in him enough to make that trade a year ago to give up Yandy Diaz, who, man, would he look good on this team right now. And I liked the deal when they made it. Uh, gosh, it was two years ago when they made it because I, I thought the profile was good. And there was he had had a really good first month, and he had struggled, and I thought the Indians could do some work. Well, it turns out the Rays are the ones who could do some work because they got a little bit of launch angle into Yandy. But it doesn't change the fact that Yandi had elite plate discipline and elite bat-to-ball skills, and that is what's made him a starter. That is why Yandi Diaz has stayed good. And again, if you had Yandi Diaz in this team, he's probably your number two or number three hitter, and they gave him away. Uh, they had a manager in Tito Francona who, for some reason, never seemed to like him. Every statement about Yandi was a negative, and all Yandi has done with the Rays last year in 79 games was have a 116 WRC plus. This year in 34 games, a 136 WRC plus. Yeah, two doubles. Or I'm sorry, two home runs. He's never going to be a power hitter in spite of arms bigger than my head. Just three doubles, but he gets on base. On base percentage of 427. You put that in the Indians. I mean, that is the second highest uh, WRC plus on the Indians. Let's see if Bowers can make that trade not feel as terrible. Because essentially, the Santana for Edwin deal was a separate deal with the Indians sending their second-round comp pick and the Mariners picking up cash, and then they traded Yandi for Bowers uh, and cash. So Tampa Bay kicked in some money to get that deal done. And the Indians also sent Cole Solcer right in that deal, who's bounced around and is now in the uh, Baltimore pen, I think, but has proven himself to be a major league pitcher. So, uh, I mean, when we talk about the Indians' great trade history, that is the one. You have to look back and shake your head and be like, oh, well, they, that, that is where they blew it. Can you imagine this team? We're going so long today. Imagine if they had uh, held on to Anthony Santander, if they had not left him unprotected, and if they had kept Yandy Diaz. How different is this lineup look? Put Santander in one outfield spot, put, uh, put Yandy at third, and have Jose at second which is what I thought would happen eventually. And imagine having a lineup where uh, Yandi can hit leadoff. Jose 2, Lindor 3, Santander 4, Franmo Reyes 5, 6, Carlos Santana, 7, Naquin Luplo, 8, Perez, and 9, your center fielder. How much nicer does that team look? And with that thought, I will leave you for the week. Uh, I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. As always, you are the reason that this show continues to get better and you provide so much of the content through your emails and messages and I read and appreciate all of them, even if I don't always get back to you because life is hectic and I miss things. Uh, I've been Jeff Ellis. I want to thank everyone who's rating and reviewing, downloading, all of that stuff. So important to our little show. This has been the Lockdown Indians podcast and as always, go Tribe.